Welcome to the Center Mid Philosopher. This episode is brought to you by Augustus Royale Fashion. Life's not black and white, it's gray, and gray is beautiful. Check out the brand below in the link. All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Cinnamon Philosopher. We got the Mashy P mob here together. Uh, Matt Salen, we miss you, but we got Caleb Hatcher here joining us and Spencer Shulton. Um, we're going to just dive into uh, the world of the EPL here uh, to start and uh, talk about some cool stuff. Um, so, fellas, um, right off the top, I'm just curious, we're kind of a month or so in now, um, just kind of taking a temperature check on, let's say, you know, if teams were stocks, um, what two teams would you buy and what teams would you sell and, and why? Um, and I guess maybe I'll, I'll lead us off if that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, probably some, uh, as Spencer said, some low-hanging fruit that I'm stealing <laughs> here. Um, but I mean, Brighton. I would buy Brighton. Yeah. Uh, that's that, kind of that fruit's low. That's real low. <laughs> that's, I'm taking the layups here. Uh, I'm going for the layup. Um, but yeah, I mean they they crushed Man U. Ansu Fati is looking to be everything we thought he would be, and potentially more. Um, Roberto De Zerbi is just uh, a tactical maestro. That you know, who knows what's gonna who's gonna be calling him this summer. Um, that's the only th- sad thing is they may, yeah. live, may lose him pretty soon. Um, Irish teenage sensation Evan Ferguson with his hat trick against Newcastle. Um, so they're just crushing it. Uh, the other team I would buy, again, probably another layup is West Ham. Uh, yeah. Um, sitting sec- sixth even after losing Declan Rice. Just, that was a major loss, but they've, they've really backfilled him pretty well. Um, you know, they with Mexican international Edson Alvarez from Ajax showing to be the next more big pain. thing. Yep. Yeah, um, more pain. That's right. <laughs> and um, you know, again, the never been hotter number six position out there. Uh, James Ward Prowse uh, from Southampton, and then Lucas Paqueta from Leon, the Brazilian, is sort of finally starting to get his his bearing. Um, and you know, West Ham's really ditched their style of playing more extensive, expansively. Um, doubling down on defensively. Simply put, they're playing better defense and yeah. counterattacking really well. Um, they're the EPL's leading team for tackles, uh, plus interceptions and clearances. Um, so anyway, I stole the good ones, but there's some. There's still some good <laughs> no, ones there, out there. There are. And um, like, so, think, so Spencer, what do you got? Yeah, I, I think also with West Ham, I think as long as you can keep Mikel, uh, Antonio healthy for the season, you got one of the best out-and-out strikers in the EPL, and I think that's great. They'll go as far as he can take them until his legs run out. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to say Tottenham as a stock to buy, even though I may admit that I might have been so far a little bit wrong. Uh-huh. Um, I, I will stay on my original pick that Aston Villa will mm-hmm. be good. I think that they need some more games to come into form. They started a little bit slow. They've had some losses. They looked kind of crappy in Europe last night. Um, but I think they're I think they're going to come true. Unai Emery's a great a great uh, a great play, player, great a great manager. Um, they've made some keen signings. Um, they just need time to play into form. Yeah, they are. Anybody? Else, what uh, what was the other team? The other team, well, it was going to be West Ham. Oh, um, uh, sorry. No, no, it, it's all good. Um, but and it can be. No, no, no. Uh, I've, you, you've exhausted that one. Um, I think then then we will go. I will do this. I'll do everyone in Islington 
uh, a bad thing here, and I'll say that Tottenham might be a stock if I'm a neutral. So I'm as an Arsenal fan, uh, I can't do this, but I'll do it as a neutral. Tottenham looks good, and I think with uh, I think Ange Ball is previously tested in, at Celtic. He's been good. He's a great communicator now. The team seems to gel. The addition of Madison is awesome. Um, he has the opportunity to be like an instant legend there because he's just waving the wand all over the place. But their true test is going to be this weekend uh, at the NLD, and then, and we'll see if those wins they've had against some admittedly really crap teams thus far are really worth anything because we all know United hasn't been good, and, and that test is not that great. And the other teams they've played haven't been all that yeah, good. Yeah. So. Man, that North London derby is going to be epic. I can't remember two stronger Tottenham or Arsenal sides in, in a long time. I'm going to be behind my fucking couch eating my fingers. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, well, those are great. Thanks, Mr. So, Caleb, what do you got? Yeah, Who are your so, two buys? Um, Brighton, I mean, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Brighton. I think they're just maybe one of the best well-run teams, like, in the world yeah. right now um recruitment department's insane like they lose players every you know every window continually bring in decent players um like even i saw Tariq lamptey he was probably the man of the match against man U. it's like he hadn't played a minute in the season quite yet um before that game um but i'm gonna go a little off the board here with my first pick which will be brentford Ooh, um nice. really like Speaking them of data analytics yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly um yeah, so I mean, they do have, I think they're one win, three draws so far. Um, should have beaten Newcastle, though. Should've yeah, been. and they should have beaten Tottenham, I think, week one as well. Um, I think a lot of people thought they'd just fall off, you know, when Tony and Raya gone. Um, and maybe they'd even change their style, and they really haven't. You know, they're still very direct, win the ball up front, um, and, and turn. And I think Brian Embueno. Embueno. Embueno, yeah. Um, I think he's been super impressive this year. He's got four goals. Um, Wissa, yeah, badass. Yeah, he's been he's been a lot better than I think most people would expect. Um, so yeah, Brentford. Um, I, I think like sixth, seventh would be maybe a possible place for mm-hmm. them. I think though, for you, it all depends on what they do with Flecken because he's looking yeah. awful. That's fair. And we know him from the from the from the Dutch side of that. Yeah. House, and he's <laughs> he is really really weird. Yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> so, Love it. As one would be if they're Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and I really don't want to do this because I'm um, probably going to jinx them, but uh, Liverpool, my squad, I'll probably go with my, my second one. Yeah. Um, I think Slobozai and Alexis McAllister have been insanely good signings for them, um, even better than I thought they would be. Um, I don't love that they uh, seem like they play better when they go down behind you know, one goal <laughs> yeah, in the first right, right. 15 minutes, yeah. which I did in Europe yesterday. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really high on uh, the signings they've made. Um, Attacking-wise, I think they're great. I do think they could use a, another defender maybe in January. Um, but, yeah, so far I think they've, they've done well fighting back, winning some games. They probably shouldn't have. Newcastle, you know, Bournemouth, they're down to 10 men as well. Um, so, yeah, those, those But are last year smart. the reason they were so bad, I think, just my perspective, not being a fan, just, just like an independent observer, their midfield was old and didn't yeah. work. And so you've replenished, 100%. and now that's awesome. And now you, yeah. have that, you can push forward if Nunez can actually score. <laughs> no offense. He's going to be great, though. I, th- I, think he's, I still think he's going to be yeah. I still do. Yeah. Oh, Nunez is great. Yeah. Um, I'll just throw in an honorable mention. I, I think Newcastle is better than their record shows. Like, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're a <laughs> tweener, but I think they – I've watched all their – their games, and I feel like they're really close to being able to turn. Yeah. I mean, like the first sixty minutes of every game, they're pretty exhilarating and very dangerous. I mean, I love Mickey Almiron. Um, we'll tell Ali's doing okay. Uh, Gordon is a beast. Yeah, this year. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm just saying he's a cheater. 
Yeah. That was not a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> They're on the watch list, I would say. Um, all right, so we'll jump to um, Cell. Yep. Um, I mean – I gotta say, man, you <laughs> unfortunately, um, they man, they're just cursed, and you know, the, not to mention, you know, everything on the field, but um, off the field stuff too, with you know Greenwood and McGuire and Sancho, and then Anthony, Anthony, um, and um, so I mean, they are just—it's not the curse of the Bambino, it's the curse of Fergie at this point. I mean, I just—I don't know what they who they could bring in, yeah. Um, I don't. They're not looking good. I mean, I, I, I'm just at this point. Is like, how much longer does Eric Ten Hag get? I mean, I know he did really well last year, but I think he's, if he, if he's, if they lose three more in a row, he might be gone. It's, he's got four home games. I think you lose more than one or two of those, and you're on on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Second it would be Chelsea. I mean, again, talk about low-hanging fruit. I, we're kicking a lot of people when they're <laughs> the down. Lowest of the low. But um, we've crushed them a lot. But, like, yeah. you know, I keep thinking about with Chelsea, it's like the scene from Seinfeld with when Kramer's felt f- feeding the horse beef arena. And he's like, well, I overbought. Oh, Rusty. And, and, I mean, yeah, Rusty. It's like, well, I overbought. Well, that's what happened. They've just overbought. They've. They've spent a billion dollars in the last year, and like he's going to ruin Todd Bowley's carriage ride to the park. Yeah, I mean, they. I just want to know, like, um, I want to know what they're doing there. Just as much as I want to go to have a, a coffee with the the, the scouts at um, Brighton in Brentford, I also want to go and have a cup of coffee with the folks at Chelsea and be like, what What are you doing? I mean. Um, so anyway, uh, those are my two. What do you got? Well, it, it seems like Todd Bowley's more obsessed with like making signings than signings that matter. Right? Exactly. I'm just get everyone that anyone else wants, and I'll just take them and pay them. Yeah. But we can get into that later because there's a financial motivation to do what he does. Whether it will work, I don't know. But the amortization of these eight-year-long contracts are the reason that he's trying to get. No, actually, right now, tell because we've been yep. texting about um, how how is Chelsea? Why are they doing this? Yeah. How are they doing this? Okay. And what are and in the you know they're. There's out money laundering allegations, and I mean, so we got our uh, anti-money laundering legal counsel. Oh, not to put me on the spot. Yeah, drop, but, uh, drop uh, some uh, knowledge. Uh, on no, it. no. Okay, so there, uh, everyone knows the concept of financial fair play (FFP). Um, you basically can't spend more than you bring in, subject to certain things. What Chelsea is doing is they're buying younger players and signing up to contracts that are, you know, aggressively long, eight years. During that eight-year period, you can amortize the cost of that player over that time, so that by the time that eight-year contract is over, the player is worth nothing. You sell them on. They also are really good at selling on their academy players. When yeah. you do that, it counts directly against FFP. Mm-hmm. What they're doing though is betting that these players that they've signed to eight-year contracts are not going to get grumpy, like uh, like your Georgian friend on Napoli and be like, listen, I know I sent a long deal, but I ain't playing until I get a, until I that's get a, right. yeah. you know, a raise. Kvicha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's basically what they're doing. They're betting on these long contracts. They're bringing everyone in and sort of sorting it out. Now, what they have on the side, though, that most people don't know about, maybe they, maybe they do, whatever, is that the investment into Cle- from Clear Lake, which is Todd Bowley's private equity sure. firm, uh, the Saudis have made a, a very large charitable contribution oh, yeah, to yeah, that, yeah. to the point where players that Chelsea would have to ordinarily go to the open market to sell, meaning to another English club, they, in sell Europe, right back to them. they can sell them right back to yeah. the Saudi league mm-hmm. at a price that's convenient for Chelsea, let's put it that right. way. Yeah. And you're seeing that, at, unfortunately, at Newcastle as well with oh, yeah. with, with the PIF, and um, and the models are all over the place. But so, so I think the English FA has done a very poor job of highlighting how many 
bad bedfellows that there are out there and just letting anyone in, you know, to pass that, 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 that character and fitness test that you have to pass at the bar is low. We could do it <laughs> like drunk, you know what I mean? And it's, it's not good. Um, but that's, that's in a like, very short explanation. It goes much more than that. It's much more insidious and threatening the future of, of the game we love, but we oh, can yeah. talk about that no, absolutely. at another time. So while we're piling onto these teams, uh, <laughs> and it's my turn, I'm going to talk about Eric Ten Hag and yet another bald Dutch man that is ruining, you know, uh, you know, someone else's life here, making mine great. But so what he's done here is basically brought in players, in my opinion, that he's mostly coached at Ajax. Right. These players have been expensive. Anthony's 100 million. There's been other ones, you know, Onana. You can say that those maybe weren't the best signings. He doesn't seem to have doesn't seem to have a plan this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the games that they've played, they look haphazard at defense. They've got, you know, McTominay playing on the right side of a diamond, which they never did last year. They don't seem to know what to do. Um, And I just don't think he knows I don't think he's ready for this. He's a good tactical coach, but the structure of that team from top to bottom, the Glazers, all the way through recruitment and funding, stadiums falling apart, their academies gross, the facilities are gross. I know you've been to Old Trafford in the last couple of years. It is a dump. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Ten Hag is the guy I'm going to sell. Specific to Man U, I'm selling him. I don't think he's going to make it to Christmas. Yeah, well, go back to Ajax. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And so interesting, Like I read an article about how he, Eric Ten Hag is running the most disciplined program in the in the EPL right now where everyone on the team has to run like 10 miles the next day after a loss and that can that can boost some morale like some tough I mean you kind of needed that getting Ronaldo out of there and that kind of stuff but but uh when you're losing you you're going to lose people real fast yeah these team these guys don't don't run they don't come to Man U for discipline no They, they come to have a nice yeah. Paycheck and play for a top club. Yeah. Right. Well, that would be like, you know, you see LeBron James running wind sprints on the side because he missed the layup or something. Yeah. Like at, yeah. at some at some point, at some level, it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, you lose the locker room pretty quick if yeah. he hasn't already lost it. Um, it gets so, there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. who do you got for selling? So Spencer almost touched on it when we were talking about uh, Spurs. Um, I think I'm selling Spurs as it goes with this season, um, you mentioned it, their, their uh, schedule so far. Brentford draw, should have probably lost. Man U, not a great team so far. And then the other three teams haven't won a game. You know, you got two promoted teams and then Bournemouth. So I, I don't think they'll finish top four. Um, mm. I think they're like one year away from being, you know, a top four contender. I really love the manager. He's great. They are playing a fun style of, of football. Um, but I, I, I don't like the depth. Christian Romero in the back, never been a fan of. I think he's yeah. just an accident waiting to happen. Yep. Um, so, yeah, selling selling Spurs because if it was a stock, it'd be as high as, yeah. <laughs> as it could be right now. No, that's right. That's a really interesting take. And I guess we'll find out yeah. in about 48 hours yeah. And because um, they're playing a never hotter arsenal. Right. And it's they're going into a buzzsaw on that one and uh, freshly – minted uh newly signed extension with Odegaard who who's yeah. in my opinion might have been the best top three to five best players in the world this week. Um and of course everyone else is just balling. I mean they they looked I mean I would have said well we'll talk about Champions League, but they were like one of the best teams right. that I would say they're in the top three or four look best looking in the Champions League right now. But did, did uh, play PSV. And if you we get into how Peter <laughs> Boss plays, you, you'll you'll know. Yeah, that's true. Play that's play. true. That's a, it's an asterisk. Yeah. Um, all right, so same foot, but for players, um, 
you know, I'll start with Sel, uh, Anthony, I mean, and Mudrick. I mean, again, I'm kicking people while they're down. <laughs> but Anthony, not just like off the field stuff, but like I just don't get that price tag. Like he's he's kind of a butterface. Like he looks really good from afar, and then you get in and you're like, he has no in the final third, he does not play defeat. There's no he just kind of lost it up there. Yeah. And hopes for the best. And it, and it <laughs> looks great comedy is also so ugly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he looks good. It looks good, but then you're like, but you're not doing anything, right? Does a couple and, step over. Um, and then Mudrick, you know, I mean, again, poor guy, but like, can't. Not only can he not get it in the net, but he can't even put it on net. Um, so that would be my um, sells, and then my buys would be, um, you know. Mickey Almiron, again, I still think it's just a fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think if Newcastle's going higher, I mean, he's one of their best players. Um, and then Evan Ferguson, again, low hanging fruit, but he's yeah. he's kind of everyone is saying, is he the new Kane? Maybe. Um, but uh, what do you got, Spencer? I'm selling Onana because only Manchester United oh, yeah. could could trade a goalie with hands <laughs> and no feet for a goalie with feet and no hands. That's right. He oh, is man. terrible and he's overrated. That's he's right. not going to fit yeah. in this system because what what teams are doing. If you watch the EPL last couple of weeks, ordinarily for him to be effective, he has to take the ball out and basically pass from the back, start to play from the back. Mm -hmm. Well, players are just sitting off and letting him just not you know play to his best strengths. Mm -hmm. So they can't really do much. And as you've seen, he can't really stop a shot. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, what what um, what players would you buy? I mean, I don't know if, if we've missed the spike on this guy's earnings, but Matoma for me, like mm -hmm. I love watching that guy week in week out. I would I would have him on Arsenal anytime. Mm -hmm. He's an awesome story coming out. He was writing a PhD like three years ago, and uh -huh. now he's just he's, he's bossing it. So that's my guy. Nice, nice, yeah, good one. That's a great one. Um, selling, I I also had Onana. It's a pile on. It's <laughs> it's almost comical each week. Like. Wolves game, he should have given up a PK there. He yep. clattered into a guy. Yep. Um, even the last week in uh, Champions League, he had a terrible goalie letting his Bayern. Um, yeah, just not very impressed with him. Um, I had a couple more. Another one was Mason Mount, and I know he's he's injured now. Mm. Um, the signing just never really made sense to me. Um, I didn't. It didn't seem like a player that Man U needed. Um, and yeah, I just haven't been impressed the two games he did play. Um, and then I had another. Uh, you know, Manu Chelsea, uh, Saicedo. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, he's a record signing now, um, and his first game probably went as bad as it could possibly I know. go. I felt bad for him. <laughs> yeah, it was I don't feel pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty rough, you know, after the whole transfer, transfer saga with him in uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, and then he also had, I think it was Forrest, he gave another one away that, that lost him the game. Um, so those are my two sells. Um, Buying, uh, I already spoke on him a little bit, but Subbles Lie for Liverpool, yeah. uh, just tremendous. I, I've been super impressed. I always knew he was going to be technical, um, great on free kicks, but I, I wasn't sure about, um, or I guess I wasn't aware of how much he runs. Um, mm -hmm. Always getting back. He's he recorded the fastest sprint during a game in Hungary during the national break. He, he tracked all the way back. It was the fastest <laughs> they've seen a person run on a pitch. That's Seriously. wild. Yeah, yeah. I, I was super surprised. Like yeah. I knew he was going to be a technical attacking player, but the way he works back, I've been... Super impressed. Um, and then two others that might be a little off the radar. Um, one just torched Liverpool last week, uh, in the first half at least, against Wolves, was Pedro Neto. Um, oh, yeah. I think he's one that's going to be a name to watch soon, maybe even January if they're in the you know, the relegation race there. Um, 
he's going to get bought by somebody. He's extremely athletic, extremely creative. Um, I think he's in something like the 99th percentile on successful take-ons, like extremely uh, good attacking player there. Um, and then Destiny Odogi from uh, Tottenham, the left back. Yeah. Um, he's another one. He's like a typical prototypical um, left back, you know, bombing up and down the side. And when he gets the ball, he's super creative. Um, so, yeah, very dangerous. That's can, can I give some honorable mention to one? Yeah, yeah, please. I think a player to watch, at least until January, is Paulinha. On, yeah, on that is a good he, one. He, he was this close to the being Bayern. Bayern's like, yep. new child, yeah. and he basically they'd already done the presser in Munich, and then he found out he wasn't going, so he had to walk that back. But yeah. I think he's awesome to watch. If you don't have a team, Fulham's a fun one. It is. And Paulinho will be good until he's probably Man, man City's Paulinho or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> we'll figure that out. And also, piling on to Man U, my second sell, big time Casemiro. I forgot yeah. to mention him. Yeah. That guy has yeah. fallen off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, his face seems to have gotten even bigger in the offseason, which is like, <laughs> I don't even know how you could do that. Uh -huh. uh, he just looks well off it. Man, yeah, he does. And he was he's such an amazing player just in his but it's his prime uh the, some of the announcers were saying that his legs have left him a little that he um gave up a couple um not tracking back in the midfield and um yeah that's uh, again yeah i mean it's been weird like um manu's kind of become this like Real Madrid retirement team, sort of, with Varane and, you know, Casemiro. We, we were Chelsea's retirement team for years, so. <laughs> That's right. So. Um, Zach, who do you got for uh, players to buy or sell? Yeah, so I'm cashing out my 401k. I'm, you know, selling the house, whatever I got to do. Uh, everything in Odegaard. I mean, I think he's a top five player in the world right now. Probably the best between the lines, you know, like the line breaker. Um, I might save a little bit of that investment for uh, you know a little safety net for James Madison, who I would like to point out in our last round table. I, I called him out as a player to watch. You did. So you, I, you know I don't need my flowers or anything, but you know just no, that's, no, putting good. that out there. Good. Um, I'm going to sell all the promoted teams, uh, the recently promoted teams. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I you know city guy company. You know I wish Burnley was better. Luton Town they they play in an apartment complex more or less. Uh, so I'm just selling all those, and then uh, you guys covered it pretty well. Man U, you know can I sell every player on Man U? You know I'd probably like to do that. Um, Chelsea, you know you you guys have talked um, at length about them, but. Uh, that's who uh, you know. Who I'm buying, who I'm selling. As far as players that I'm selling, uh, you know, I had Cassiedo down. You know, is it too early to tell? I don't know. Um, but that's you know, that, you, you guys covered it mostly. But that's a uh, couple. Harvey Barnes. I just want to say, you know, I think he is more a player than what he's than what he's playing right now. Um, obviously, they got a good front three in front of him. But that's just a little you know, a little honorable mention that I'll toss in there. Nice. Um, and then kind of wrapping up on the EPL, the Mashy P mob here, um, kind of what storylines are you guys following going, in, you know, as we kind of approach Christmas time? What, like, we'll start with you, Spencer. Like, what are some things that you're really watching? All right, low-hanging fruit time. Let's do Ramsdale and Raya. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what's going on there. So... Raya statistically is probably the better goalkeeper. Um, I'm not a goalkeeper for obvious reasons. I'm about five foot six. If you can't see on camera, there's no chance that's happening. Um, never played goalie. But what you can tell when you see Raya is that he's good at one thing that Ramsdale struggles with, which is catching crosses in the air. So he can catch the ball at its apex and pull it in, and Ramsdale tends to sit back. Now, um, 
we don't know what's going to happen now. Raz now played two straight games. I was sure that Ramsdale was going to get the first Champions League. Like, I would have bet my house on it. Uh, he didn't, which means that likely, you know, tricky Mikel is probably just going to slide right into the number one slot for the rest of the season. That's my prediction. I know it's kind of a bold one, but I think Ramsdale is going down to number two. Even though he was helpful since January, he's been a little shaky. You guys know this because there's been some times when he didn't cost us, you know, obviously the title, but there were times when I don't think he was the type of commanding goalie that. Uh, that I think Arsenal needs to win the title, and Rye is that guy. Mm -hmm. Spence, you know what's... My bad to cut you off there. No, you're good. What's interesting about that to me is, like, Ramsdale's a character. Yep. Right? Like, you know, a, a 3-1, you know, win, and he's over at his locker room, mm. you know, over his locker, just, you know, throwing a temper tantrum. Mm. So I just... I. I think, you know, I guess in Arteta we trust, right? He's proven that he has. Yeah. But it's almost like, is the juice worth is the juice worth the squeeze as far as, like, dressing room goes as causing, you know, a little bit of controversy? Um, right. it, it's just interesting that, uh, you, you know, that that's the situation that they're in right now. I, I think that you can take it one of two ways. I take it as the goalie, the keeper is a position that is not unique to the position. I think everybody has the opportunity to be rotated and everyone should be challenged every position. I think the idea of having a cup keeper and a league keeper uh, is not as, as you know, set in stone as it used to be. I think um, if you look at the nationality of the coaches on Arsenal, they're Spanish. Raya is Spanish. They've been tracking this guy for years, right? I think there was always a plan to bring this guy in, and I think Ramsdale rose a little faster to the number one spot than Arsenal anticipated, and here we are. Uh, trying to push along and having competition in every spot for him, Arteta, for me, challenge right back, challenge midfield. Everyone's got to be pressed, right? And Ramsdale had no pressure on him last year, right? You're not going to start, unfortunately, our, our American friend. He's not going to do it. <laughs> He's not good enough. Sorry if you're, if you're watching. Hmm. <laughs> um, how about you? Uh, Storylines. Um, so one storyline, I, I don't even know. Like, it's around the Champions League changing next year. Uh, I think it's kind of... Somewhat underreported, yeah, a little bit. Good one. Um, and there is a chance that the Premier League gets five teams in. Mm -hmm. So I think that'll be very interesting. Like, you know, we've already talked about Manu and Chelsea like falling off a bit. So who are those teams that like Newcastle last year? Is it a Brighton? You know, is it a West Ham? Who sneaks in? Um, that is not usually in the Champions League. I think is is going to be super interesting. And to be honest, it's it's been one of the funnest years at least at the beginning where i do feel like it's a little more open mm -hmm. i still think city's probably going to win it but yeah there are other teams that you're like you know they could maybe make a run at that for those who don't know why don't can you just like just briefly just touch upon the new structure a little bit yeah the new structure uh if i can remember it all it's so i think it's 36 teams now um and it's kind of weird where i think it's basically is it one table one giant table i yeah. think it's a swiss format yeah so so each team will play um, i think it's is it 10 games in the first round um, and then it's basically like i think it's the first something like the first 10 in the uh, standings there move on and then there's like a little playoff round between the next 8 i believe um, so yeah that's kind of probably butchered some of that but that's kind of the gist it's, it's close enough and at what point does these players legs just fall off i know fucking football around. yeah 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 it's, it's killer yeah what about you zach what, what's something you're following um you guys touched upon i was actually going to bring up the champions league structure and then i was going to rely on my buddy caleb to explain it so thank you um <laughs> but yeah I, I just think 
at some point, and I think like you know you're hearing you know a little bit of like player safety. Like I think like Messi talking about grass versus uh, turf. I know that's a little bit more of an American thing, but just like just kind of the overall overarching like player safety. How many games are too too many? You know, you hear Pep complain, you know, year in year out about, you know, we got to be ready to play a full game in, in you know two days, three days, whatever you know, whatever it might be. Just the scheduling, the structure of everything. Um, it's no secret, money money rules the world. Money rules the world of football. So they're going to try to get as many games as they can in there. But just how much is too much, and when will that quality of play affect the product that we all love? Well, you only need to look at what's happening in the women's game. You've had a, a huge uptick in ACL injuries last year. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm very close to the Arsenal women's team. I follow them a lot. And they, they've had three or four catastrophic knee injuries. And they just got knocked out of the Champions League already uh, less than two weeks after the Women's World Cup. And having those qualifying games that close to a major tournament, it's detrimental to the brand, first and foremost. Yeah. But also, like, that's just, it shows you that physi- physi- physiologically, it is too much yeah. on the legs, and we just don't need that happening to anyone. Yeah, right. But take a clue from the women's game that's suffering mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of following how long will Eric Ten Hag stick around, <laughs> and I, and really can Arsenal? I don't know. I mean, I feel like the way they're playing, I feel like they might. It's kind of you know last season, but they might they might be able to knock them off. I mean, I'm really watching that closely. They got to beat Man City once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the two. Um, well, um, all right, guys. Well, this is kind of wrapping up the Mashy P Mob. Um, thanks so much. And uh, stay tuned because we're going to jump right into the Champions League. Mashing P-Mob continued here. We're going to take a deep dive into this week's uh, Champions League action, the first of the year, super exciting. Um, start. I'm just going to start right out of the top. Um, let's name your top five, your, your power rankings, your top five power rankings for Champions League so far. Mm. Um, uh, Zach, let's start with you. All right, put me on the spot. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I have City. I mean, you know, someone someone proved that they can take them all first. Um, I probably go Real Madrid. Um, they just got a little something, a little something extra. Um, and then I think for me anyway, and I'll just do three. Mm-hmm. Um, for me anyway, I think the drop off is um, like pretty significant. Like I would be somewhat surprised um, if it wasn't one of those two teams. Uh, the third one I'm going to throw in there though. I, I mean, I, you'll like it. I, Arsenal. I mean, I, I really think that they have just a little something extra than, say, that second tier. Um, I've already touched on Odegaard in, uh, you know, last episode. Um, so, you know, I, I think those are my three. And then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens from there. I would have agreed with you in the Arsenal ranking had, had Timber not gotten hurt. Yeah. I think our lack of depth is going to be a problem. And I think what, what, what a squad that's still building – like that, if they go after the Champions League, it's going to cost them domestically, and I think finding that balance is going to be a bridge too far this year, given the injuries. But I think next year that conversation is is one I'm in. I'll give you my my other one. So I think unfortunately City is yeah. is uh, is is the team to beat, um, both in depth and experience and coaching. Unfortunately, unfortunately for those fans out there like you, um, and I have Madrid second, um, but third is not Arsenal for me. I actually think Bayern. I don't trust Tuchel. But I think that this team can get it together, and I think they might be a favorite there, much more so than I'd say Lucho's PSG uh, and any other the Dark Horses. I think Inter looks cool. Um, they're a great choice. Um, but I still don't know if they even win Serie A, much less the Champions League, with, that, with, with their team and the turnovers. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, 
my sort of sneaky is Inter a little yep. bit. But then Arsenal and Bayern are right there. And then it's kind of Real Madrid, Barcelona, or maybe Barcelona, Real Madrid is the is Barcelona back. Of course, they just played Royal Antwerp that hadn't been in the Champions League since <laughs> yeah, 1967. Right. But they still looked like everyone's yeah. freaking out and yeah. everyone's saying, is Jao Felix found, is he back to where he should have been? And Gavi and Lamina Mall is the new hot thing on the market, and it's been fun to watch him. And Man City's Lamina Mall. Right, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, but uh, so those would be mine. Uh, how about you, Caleb? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the similar names you guys are, are spitting out here. I think Man City is my clear favorite. Um, I mean, I think they're so deep. I mean, continuously buying mm-hmm. great talent. Um, next, I, I probably also go Real Madrid um, for all the reasons you said. Uh, Jude looks incredible there. He's been very clutch for them. Um, and then I'm probably going like some combination of Bayern, Barca. Um, I, I do have a dark horse that I, I really love watching play um, is Red Bull Leipzig. I know they've made made a semifinal before. Um, they have a youngster, Shavi Simmons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Incredible. Super mm-hmm. fun to watch. So it's probably my dark horse there. But, yeah, a lot of the similar names. You Can I ask here. a question? And it just slipped my mind. Who is Inter's keeper now that Onana's gone? Oh, man. I think it's Jan Sommer, isn't it? It is Jan Sommer, yeah. Right. So then yeah. – uh, Inter might do better than, than, than I thought. Because Jan Sommer, I think, is a better keeper than Onana. <clears throat> yeah, I just think... Then who's in Bayern? Nobody, then. <laughs> well, I think uh, Inter... I think one of the best players in the world right now is Lartaro yeah, Martinez. Yeah. I mean, he's not a lot... I mean, people are talking about him, but he just is kind of emerging as, like, a, just a stone-cold killer. And, yeah. like, he... Um, they're crushing AC Milan what was it five to one or whatever yeah. that really was like a wake up for me like because I, I and i actually like i thought they were kind of maybe the better team in last year's final you know um well, i, I know think who ruined it for him Luke right, right. his feet and butt that's right <laughs> <laughs> if they can get there they can they can uh, yeah. they, they can out uh, but byron of course looks just phenomenal um so I, I guess we'll switch it a little bit and just kind of dovetailing off yours. Who are some dark horse teams to make it out of the group stage? Um, Spencer, let's start with you this time. Dark horse to make it out of the group stage. That would require me to know everyone in every group stage. Let me think about <laughs> who, who that is. Um, I can tell you who I don't think is going to make it out of the group stage. I think Dortmund are cooked already. Mm-hmm. I think they're not going out. Mm-hmm. I think usually they're, they're, they're a locked and loaded, round of 16 knockout team, no matter who's in there. But I think too many losses, a coach that doesn't have a system – and obviously, we're missing Bellingham and, and, and Holland, but even the players that have, that have stayed are just not able to follow any sort of system. The defense looks cooked. I don't think they're going to make it out. Mm-hmm. That would be my, my pick. Um, I'm not sure if that's a dark horse pick to, to not make it out. If <laughs> yeah. you well, the script on you. Yeah. Um, but come back to me. I'll think about that for a second. What about you, Caleb? Yeah, I, I kind of said it already. Red Bull Leipzig is, is my dark horse to yeah. kind of make a run. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they have enough to win it. Um, they made the semifinals in like 1819. Yeah. Um, I really like Danny Olmo. I, I think he's fantastic. Um, they've scored some incredible goals in Bundesliga. I think it was against Augsburg the other day. Um, uh, what's the striker's name? Youngster, I think, came from uh, the other Red, Red Bull, uh, the Austrian team. I think it's Sesco? Benjamin Sesco. Yeah, he's he's super promising, super fun yeah, to watch Some people well. are thinking he's the next big. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, that's, that's my team to watch. Love watching him play and 
hoping they get buying a room for their money in the Bundesliga as well. But yeah, you know, who I I can't really explain why, but I think it looks pretty good right now. Is Lazio? I think looks actually not too bad. Um, I like uh, Guendoza kind of. He's our Arsenal outcast, yeah. the bad boy. Gendouzi. But he's in. You know, they still got Ciro Immobile. Yeah, um, Alberto. Yeah, they look pretty good. Um, and um, what about you, Zach? So it sounds funny to say, uh, you know, I, it's I, they're not a dark horse. I, I had Barcelona, and the only reason I had that <laughs> is obviously it's not, you know, not some new team that no one's ever heard of. Um, I just think they've been kind of shitty Barcelona uh, as far as like their standards recently um, so that's like one that I had in here that you know could reemerge and I want to say this just because I don't think it's been said on the show yet I am a Man City fan I also started to like them when they had Craig Bellamy and Steven Ireland and Rubinho sure you did so, sure you did no no <laughs> No, no, no. I just, I, I want that to just, you know, I, I was trying to find a way to just slip that into the show. So, because, because you were afraid that I was going to call you like a, like a, like a, like a fair weather I was, fan. I was. I'm not going to do that. It's, I don't. it's funny. It's like, you know, you're talking like, oh, yeah, I really like soccer. Like, who's your team? And I just, I'm like, oh, yeah. man. For the record, I did that in the car talking to Matt on the way over here. I was like, I need to hear the reason. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. So, here's the reason. Uh, uh, growing up, I hated Manchester United. I was a UNC Tar Heel fan. There you go. So I'm like, I'm going to like the other team from Manchester that happens to be Baby Blue. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So everyone can, you know, shove it, everybody. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, that's interesting, by the way. Just interesting how, like, these light, like these multi-generational fandoms can literally just start on something that, yeah. you know, flippant. Um, can, can I add something to answer your actual question? Because mm-hmm. I know I was giving you, like, a flippant answer before about Dortmund. I think Feyenoord could make it out of, out of their group. Yeah, they look great. I think they can do it. I think uh, they're in with Lazio and Atletico. Celtic and Atleti. So I think I don't think Lazio makes it out. Mm-hmm. I think Atleti and Feyenoord make it out. Yeah. I think Feyenoord scores for yeah, fun. Feyenoord looked great. Yeah. They looked really good. Um, anyway, that's my So answer. this is a good one. Who were um, some maybe off-the-beaten-path players that – really impressed you week one i'll go just one that the got this is kind of a deep cut one maybe it isn't but vitinha for psg yeah, yeah. i thought he was the best player of the yeah. day he looked awesome and um you know like that goal for example everyone was talking about hakimi and that was a really sick move but like that was all vitinha setting that up and um he just i didn't really i, I didn't really know who he was but i was just watching that and he just jumped out at me as he was like almost old school Modric esque level and maybe like Verratti 2.0. Without and, the cigarettes. Right, right. <laughs> that um, he was just crisp on the ball. He was quick, he, uh, clever, crafty, creative. He had a couple shots. He had that one that off the post. Vitinha was uh, probably my best player on the day. And then, of course, I thought Emery Zaire looked pretty good as well. And then I was going to say Benjamin Seska. Yeah. Harvey Letske. I don't want. I, I don't know if I just took yours. <laughs> but um, I've got another sleeper if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As an Ajax fan, I apologize to everyone in the Netherlands and Amsterdam. I've now given pri- uh, some praise to Feyenoord twice, but Santiago Jimenez is a Mexican national mm-hmm. uh, who's been lighting it up for Feyenoord this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. He was rumored to, to leave. He's now stood in place. Uh, now that Feyenoord's best player left, that guy, uh, Orkan Kosu, who mm-hmm. left and went to, I think, Benfica to replace uh, Enzo Fernandez. Yeah, yeah. So that guy has been scoring for fun. He's a crowd favorite. He's fun to watch. When, when Feyenoord has a home game at the Kuyp, you should watch because they all have a good chant for him. It's fun to, it's fun to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Zach, who do you got? 
Um, I, truthfully, I my Champions League uh, digestion has been highlights on YouTube this week. It's been one of those weeks. Um, so I, I'm just going to throw a player out there that, you know, I, I hope he gets a lot more run. And, you know, Spence, you might have an opinion on this. Um, Fabio Vieira. Mm. Uh, okay, so Kai Havertz, I, I'm, I'm sorry, that, that they just look better in the team when it's Fabio. He unlocks a little something different. Um, you know, no one grill me. I, you know, I don't know if he's playing Champions League yet, or I'm sure he got some cameos or whatever. But that's a player to me that if Havertz costed, you know, forty million instead of his price tag, is that spot already taken? Um, so I think that's one thing that the answers no because I, it, like everyone in the Arsenal community was questioning why Vieira keeps getting minutes um, because he was such uh, a fairly expensive. I think it was forty five million euros, um, and he's a slight guy. He doesn't look uh, very physically imposing, but he's got a technical ability that you know Edu and Arteta just said, just trust us. And you know when I did trust him and bought tickets to go see United play Arsenal up at uh, Giant Stadium, he missed the penalty and they lost. So I was like, that's it, I'm going this guy. But since the season started, he looks reinvigorated. I absolutely think his confidence is up. He looks amazing. I agree. That's a great call. I think um, I think he will get minutes. I think at the expense of people like Smith Rowe and Roberts. But I, I think uh, I think yeah, that's a great call. Uh, what about you, Caleb? Yeah, so kind of spoken on him a little bit already, but it's, it's Chevy Simmons um, for Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, Dutchman on loan from PSG. He's just incredibly creative. Um, kind of surprised. Well, I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised that PSG let him let him go because they just have an embarrassment of riches. But um, just really, really enjoy watching him play, and every time he touches the ball, he looks dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, good. One. I'll tell you another. This is um, I'm not sure he's a sleeper, but just best hairdo. I got to go with uh, Kevin Barons of the the haircut that Gordon Gecko wishes he had. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the best uh, slick back, but he also had hat trick the other day in Bundesliga, and he's a good player. He's, I mean, he's 32 years old, but I, I tell you. Union Berlin is like my favorite team to root for right now. I mean, their story is super cool, like coming from the east side of Berlin and like they were with Benucci. Yeah, with Benucci <laughs> to so boot. Weird. So weird. Um, Aronson is great. It's got a cameo on there. They, man, they deserved a point. They deserved a point. They did nothing wrong. And that, that Bonucci transfer, Bonucci transfer is like when you like sim like 15 years of FIFA. There, and then you just look at all the rosters, and it's like, what? There's That's some like, weird ones out there. There are some strange ones out there. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was uh, a really good. Uh, I feel like they just, that was my favorite match of the day, or of the week. Uh, Union Berlin versus Real Madrid. I think they really. Yeah. Another one would be PSG versus Dortmund. Was a really good game. I yeah, thought for PSG. Yeah, for PSG. Yeah, Dortmund. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so um, can, what? Can, can we pause for a second mm-hmm. and talk about these 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 penalties that have been given for handball in the Champions League so far? Oh man, what, yeah. what are your thoughts there? It's a little egregious. Yeah. like they're they're overdoing it. I mean, I feel bad for Ericsson. I feel bad for Dortmund. Those are not handballs. I'm no, it shouldn't be like that. But that's no. my that's my no. Yeah, and they were talking about how Freddie Youngberg was going bananas because he was like, this is a tragedy, and they I guess they've had some philosophical shift somewhere in the governing body saying. I guess they want more goals, but well, there's a there's a uh, English FA version of handball. I believe, and there's a FIFA and UEFA version of handball, and they're not aligned. Yeah, I can't explain that to anyone right now, but I, <laughs> that's just what I heard. Yeah, like, of course it's not aligned. Well, why would that? Why would it be easy? 
Um, so, and then we'll conclude with the Champions League on one thing, and it's kind of storylines that you're following. Uh, this one I'm just going to pose to the group, actually. It's just interesting, and I don't really know the answer to this. What's the deal with Brendan Aronson for Celics, Cel- at Celtics um, having, like, nine uh, – he's got, like, six Japanese players and three South Korean players. I mean, I, that's great. But what what is the – because he's kind of had a history of doing that. Does anyone know the story behind that? Um, don't. Nope. But I, it's funny you say that because I was wondering the exact same thing because I saw their starting lineup and I was like, wow, they've got a lot of Asian players. No, I think it's great. I just yeah, am curious. Like, awesome. I couldn't help but notice. I was like, there's five people in the midfield and they're all Japanese. And, like, well, that's just unique it, for If you Celtic. have to guess, I mean, I, here, here's my hypothesis. The a- Asia and that, that part of the world is generally an undertap market for football and yeah, talent. Sure. And Celtic isn't exactly the richest club in the world. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're saying we're going to you know, develop in, in areas where we're going to stick a flag in there and develop you know, yeah. from the youth in South Korea and Japan mm-hmm. and, and maybe even China and, and get those players and, and have a resale model. Yeah, that must yeah, be what yeah. they're doing. It reminds me of, you know, just let's go like five years back. I feel like young Americans were kind of getting, you know, plucked yeah. and, and to different European teams. And even scaling that up, like, uh, you know, Liverpool's most recent signing, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Rodoro. Rodoro. Rodoro, yeah. right. He's, you know, that, um, you know, that descent. So I just think that's the the new, like you said, like the new untapped market. Swapping a hendo for an endo. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Right. That's terrible. I'm sorry. Just edit that out of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, for like Celtic has from Japan, Tamaki, Ryo, Hatate, Kyogo, Maida. And then from South Korea, they have Yang, Oh, and Kwan. I mean, that's substantial. I mean, it's just, there's, yeah, it's probably that, but it's marketing it's, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big marketing. But it's just super interesting. Yeah. Uh, it struck me. Right. Anything that struck you or anything you're following within the Champions League going forward? Um, well, one thing I, I did want to note uh, Champions League, I really enjoyed. Uh, it was the Lazio Atletico Madrid game. There was a goalie goal in there, mm-hmm. which was mm. which was a blast. I also not. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was uh, you know, goalie. I guess game tying goal. Um, n- n- number ninety four scoring the ninety four. I know, which was really cool. <laughs> it's, That's it's wild, man. Um, so yeah, I wanted to touch on that. But in general, I'm I'm very curious to see um, Newcastle and kind of how they handle this. You know, back in the Champions League. Um, and do they prioritize Champions League over, you know, some of the, the uh, Premier League games? Um, I think they do have a, a squad that's gotten deeper uh, through the summer, you know, Tenali and, and a couple of their signings. Um, so I'm just interested to see if they can get out of the group and, and see how, you know, how serious they can They're trying to fly out. a little bit under the radar. They're serious. They can slowly launder the money in the image <laughs> so they can win the Champions League <laughs> in 2025. So mm-hmm. There you go. Right. Anything for you, Spencer? Storylines? Uh, I'm just really happy to see Arsenal back. And that's a homer pick, but it's been a long time for me. And the, those teams, even when we were in the Champions League the last four or five years uh, of us making it and during that 20-year consecutive spent, were terrible. Those teams were awful to watch. They weren't what I'm used to looking at. I'm just happy to see them back. And hopefully uh, they just have fun with it. Uh, yeah. How about you, Zach? I don't know. Y'all covered it. I, I, I could throw out a couple um, ones that, you know, you guys already said, but no, I think you're good. I think you covered it. Well, I'll say another one that was a, a bummer of a one was I texted you guys, looked out there, and who did I not see starting was Christian Pulisic. I know. Um, man, I'm telling you, how many times have I talked about this on this show? You know, like that, you're gone. And, like, Chukweze is – I mean, he's, he's got good, but, I mean, it's nothing like – but I knew as soon as they signed him that was trouble. And, I mean, he's playing. They played, but, like, it's just – 
we got three games in, and it's, he's already lost the sparring spot. I mean, I'll, we'll see if he starts. Well, he started hot, too. Yeah. Like, the, two had, goals. He had a great, had a great start. The fans were chanting his name in the San Zero. I mean, it's just, it's just shocking how quick at those types of teams, that level that you're, you know. You have to be ruthless to win it. Yeah, and so that was – that's a bummer. Um, but tactically, I don't know what Chiquese gives you over Pulisic. Right. Yeah, I don't. Like, that's not a. That doesn't. He's like this big. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I mean, yeah. No, I don't think he gives you anything different, really. Um, so I just don't really get that. Um, but uh, all right. Well, that's that's good, guys. Thank you. And this has been uh, Mashy P Mob doing the Champions League, and uh, we're going to segue into the Europa League. Thanks. <laughs> Mashy P. Mob, center mid philosopher, uh, segment three here, talking about the Europa League. Um, we were all texting yesterday about how, you know, if um, the Champions League is kind of like a U2 concert in London, uh, the Europa League's kind of like the, the hipster, like maybe an Iggy Pop show in Berlin or something. <laughs> it's just kind of, I mean, it was exhilarating and it was really, I mean, I think they said it was the most. Um, lead changes in the history of the Europa League yesterday, which is awesome. And I don't know how many goals, but there was like a lot of games that were averaging six and seven goals between. And so it was just, I thought it was epic. And I thought it would be, it would be, we'd be remiss if we did not touch on it briefly. Um, so we'll just kind of, you know, start off with um, match of the day. Uh, what, what would you say yours was, Caleb? So I, I was locked into my, my own squad, so Liverpool and uh, Lask, I guess, L-A-S-K. Um, they, Liverpool did what they've done all year is go down early um, to a cracker of a shot from outside. Um, Ryan Gravenberg got his first uh, start, which I thought he was impressive, um, especially in the second half, had a great assist to Luis Diaz. Um, so yeah, Liverpool, I was locked in there um, once again, had to come back, but but I think they showed some bright spots on a team. Let's be honest, they they should beat ten times out of ten. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how serious uh, they take the Europa League um, without being in Champions League for the first time in a few years. Um, and obviously, they want to get back to top four and and hopefully contend for the title. So yeah, that was the game I was locked in on. I was really um, paying close attention to Brighton yeah. in their first ever foray into Europe and um, how they would do and they didn't I mean they did fine but they lost Yeah. And to Ike Athens and I was completely shocked and excited to see Mateus Almeida leading the helm for Ike Athens the former San Jose Earthquakes coach um, who's just I mean God has kind of done it again one away and you know there's just been a lot of talk of can Brighton handle Europe can Brighton handle Europe I mean he just if we're not going to make a judgment off one game right. necessarily, and they did fine, but it, it was interesting to me how we were just talking about them being my buy for the EPL, and then they go and lose yeah. to. I mean, I would. I, I well, they played the moment, right? Not the game, I think, right. right? So, I mean, I just wonder how many teams would Ike Athens beat in the EPL? Probably Luton. <laughs> Not many. Right, Luton uh, playing in their den, which is awesome. They and, could take United. Yeah, they, right, they could. Um, but no, I mean, I just thought it was – I wonder what there is to that. And if they maybe it goes back into your theme of just – I mean, there's just a lot of games being played. I think they just played the moment, yeah. Yeah. 
What about you, Spencer? You're going to make me talk about this. Yeah, so I, I uh, also just watched one game, which was Ajax Marseille. These are two teams that have fallen. They're historically great European giants, but they've fallen um, quite far the last couple of years. Uh, Ajax these days, it's like your uncle coming to Thanksgiving. You don't know how drunk he's going to get and what he's going to say. Is you never know how they're going to show up. They showed up on fire <laughs> yesterday. They looked really, really good. You got a great goal from Barrickhouse. You can go back and look at that. Uh, it was incredible. Um, but then again, they have a very young defense. Uh, they had no midfield. They allowed 187-year-old Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to score a brace, and then up, they ended up at a 3-3 tie for a neutral. That was probably the game of the week to watch in the Europa League. Uh, for me, it just leaves more questions with will Mo Stein keep his job? He's the coach of Ajax. And how badly they've managed the transition from that 019 Champions League team that almost took down uh, – well, that almost – that almost took down Tottenham. That probably would have beaten Liverpool. Um, and now they've sold all those players for half a mil, half a billion dollars. And the reinvestment, I'm sorry, I'm just not seeing it right now. I'm just seeing a bunch of like Dynamo Zagreb teens and some some great young youth players, but they didn't play with any sort of um, maturity. There was no one old to lead them, and the result was a bunch of kids got beaten by washed Pierre Pierre uh, Obamia. Mm-hmm. Basically, is what happened. So, mm-hmm. but uh, it's worth a rewatch. No, that was an epic game. Um, what do you got, Zach? I'll be honest. I wasn't really locked into Europa. Um, uh, how do you pronounce the midfielder, Caleb? Gravenbach? Gravenberg. You yeah. mean uh, great value Jude Bellium? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take that, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. No, um, no, I wasn't super locked in. Spence, we were talking before. Uh, had an injury. that you Oh, the guy that swallowed a B. Yeah. So it's a... Serrano uh, is an Atletico Madrid loanee. Um, you know, that's got to be the first time that I've seen that on an injury list. Did he uh, play or did he not make it back to the hospital? He did not play. He did not play. Okay. He did not play. So, uh, you know, youngster getting his shot and uh, you go and swallow a B. I don't, I don't well, know. I'm sure I don't, Simeone did not like that. You swallow a B, you got to play for him. Yeah, you got to play. You got to run go. through the wall, run through the nest, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you know, that's that's really the only thing I have. Um, you know, it, it's super exciting to watch, like when you can catch the highlights yeah. and everything. Um, you know, I think the like the you know crazy league like you described it perfectly um so the lots of shows like meant for europa league it's like yeah. the best possible it's incredible yeah like yeah nfl sunday take or red zone channel you're unadulterated <laughs> yeah. just straight to the vein yeah goals and i feel like the fans are just even more insane and like i don't know it's like all the the guardrails are off right um i'll tell you another team that looked pretty good was atalanta yeah it looked really good um and um, it's interesting too, though, that just like Sevilla, what is it? They've won is it three times in a row, or two, at least twice. But they can't make that jump. To I mean, maybe they'll right. turn it around, but they did not do well in the Champions League. And I would have thought it's just weird. To, it's weird to me how certain competitions and fixtures just people can't quite get right. their head around it. You know what I mean? Where they're yeah. dominant in one arena and literally in the exact same stadium three days later, it's like a different setup. And um, so I just think that's one of the things that's the most noteworthy about it. I wonder I wonder if that style of play or is that just an atmosphere change? You know, I don't I don't think we can figure that out, but it was wondering, you know, you try to get in the player's psyches, psychology, the coaches, whatever. I'm just always curious. I wonder if it's just like the grand stage or is the, the football just that much different? Yeah, I, I mean, don't, Spain I don't know. in general has kind of dominated the Europa League recently, no? Like Sevilla, I think Villarreal won it with Unai Emery, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it is very interesting. It's, it's 
and lately the Spain hasn't done great in the Champions League. So, well, I, I think if you have to line up against a team in a knockout, it's much different than lining up against a team, you know, over the course of a season. You play right. home and away in a traditional domestic leagues. I think he, he, this, this is why Emery is so damn good because he yeah. can just like he can set up tactically for one game, but then he can't adjust that for the next game. Then they'll, they'll <laughs> lose like four nothing in their domestic games after winning, you know, two one. Yeah, I think that that would be my guess as to why. Yeah, I mean, I think it's both, Zach. Like it's. Especially playing away at some of these places like, you yeah, know, like Eastern Europe. And, yeah, Eastern Europe. I mean, they'll <laughs> they'll rip your ear off. Like, Luka Goretz, right? <laughs> yeah, and then like some of these Serbian teams and Greek teams. I mean, it's like they're like sacrificing goats in the stands, <laughs> and I mean, but it's it, it's just bedlam, frankly. And um, but uh, and, and but that also is stylistic. Right. Like some of these Serbian and Greek and Ukrainian and whatever teams are. Um, are really different and maybe I, mean, I don't know I feel like some of these teams just are all out of F's to give and just give it I mean they're like I don't they risk life and limb and well speaking of that I know this is not Europa League but I'm still surprised that Milan in general let in all those Jordy fans for for that game at the San Zero that <laughs> oh, should have been a do not enter yeah like I would love to see if there's any videotape out there of drunk Jordies in Milan just just ruining a beautiful city <laughs> I'm sure it's out there so yeah if you can find that for the next uh, for the next get around well, good. Well, I appreciate you guys touching yeah. on the Europa yeah. League, and yeah. hopefully you guys learned something. But if if uh, if you're looking, you know, for the casual fan out there, I guess I would say I would highly encourage you check out the Europa League because yeah. you might think, oh, well, this isn't as interesting. I, in some ways, I think it's more interesting. I mean, it's it's more entertaining. It's like so, just go check it out, and we'll continue to revisit throughout the the year. Um, so thanks. <laughs> All right, guys, this week we've got the, uh, the Cult of Catenaccio. We're going to talk about the Syria in a little bit more depth here. Um, and uh, I'm just going to kind of go around tables with some questions. So uh, to start, uh, who's your favorite to win the Scudetto? Um, we'll start with uh, Spencer. Sure. I think, I think Inter will do it. Mm-hmm. But I really want this to be Milan's year. Yeah, I'll leave it there. I, I think Inter has shown that they're a better team. Milan still looks a little bit shaky this year, um, but I, I still think, I still want AC Milan to do it. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, in that five to one, but they, they really lost it. Um, and yeah, La, Latara Martinez is just ridiculous right now. I think he's, I feel, I feel like in previous years he was good, but maybe a little bit more hype um, than. You know, but I feel like now he's really he's stepping right. up and becoming one of the top. I mean, I think he might be one of the top five strikers in the world. He's maybe, great, if not higher than that. Yeah. Maybe he's I, he's I, always I, been the guy. Like a, a big Rom got his like flowers, and that was kind of the. I always thought it was him, and at first, you know, as like the the top person on sure. the team, most prolific. But um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I also you know it, it's I think Milan, if they're gonna do it, they need Leao to play smarter. Yeah. In the last couple of games, he's so streaky, and that's the problem, is that he's such a wonderful player to watch, but he'll do things like get through, you know, dribble through three people and then try a back hill, like, shot on goal, like mm-hmm. when you just pass it with your normal foot. Mm-hmm. And it's just like if he does normal stuff and you can coach that into him, I think Milan has a chance. They need to play Pooley, obviously, because that, that's important. Mm-hmm. But Inter does look like, at this point, the favorites. Yeah. Um, what, what about you, Caleb? So, first off, I think it's, on paper at least at this point, I think it's one of the most fun title races. I think you could have... Arguments for Uve, AC yeah. Milan, and Inter Milan, and, and maybe even Napoli. I, I think they've Napoli's kind of taken a step down. Um, 
I am going to go out on a limb and say Milan. Um, I, I love Pulisic and Drew together. I think they've really played well together. Um, Theo Hernandez on the wing. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Milan. I, I think they're my favorites at the moment. Hopefully, they can get off, you know, off the mat after getting punched in the mouth. Yeah, they, Inter, they, they looked so good against Newcastle too. Yeah, um, I, I think they fully rebounded from whatever anomaly happened at the San Siro against Inter. I think they looked they should have won that game or probably kicking themselves that they didn't because they. I mean, if you watch the first half, especially the first 20 minutes, they came out ready to go. And yeah, didn't get anything for it. Tell you who looks really good for Milan is well, a lot of. I mean, obviously. Uh, Leal, but then I think Teo Hernandez looks really great. Um, I don't love Loftus Cheek. I mean, he's a specimen. I mean, he he can yeah. be like a tight end in the NFL almost, but he's kind of sloppy with the ball a little bit. Um, but um, obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm, my biggest thing I'm following this in Serie A right now is Pulisic, and he's been balling. I don't. I hope he starts getting the start a little bit more here. Um, lately, um, but what about you, Zach? Any, who's your favorite? Yeah, uh, not the sexy pick. I'm just gonna go Inter. Almost like you know, they've shown me they can do it. Maybe Milan's a your way. Uh, do Americans have a shorter leash than other players? I'm starting to kind of wonder that myself. Um, yeah. I, I think at this point, you know, it deserves the question. Uh, we, we touched upon it before we started recording, but I mean, Pulisic jumped off to a hot start. Fans chanting his Goal in name. Goal in his first two games. Goal in his first two games. And like, he, he, he looks and the part. his third game was fine. And he looks the part. You know, he, he's playing well. He's prolific. You just got to think, like, what, you know, what's going on behind the scenes that we don't see or we don't know about? Or, or is it just a, you know, preference of nationality? Or, you know, I don't, we're all Americans, so maybe we have some bias there. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sexy pick. I'm going inter and almost like, uh, you know, someone else has to prove it to me that they can do it. So, um, you know, and then Musa. Has done really well. I thought he was good against Newcastle. Yeah, well, he was fantastic. His um, tackles, touches, like he was really superb, actually. And again, kind of going back to Loftus Cheek. I mean, he, you know, those two guys walk in a room. You you pick Loftus Cheek every time. <laughs> but Musa might actually be the better player. I mean, I don't know, maybe on defensively, but in certainly, I think definitely in possession. Yeah. Um, and um, I tell you, a team that is sneaky like this is classic Juventus like no one's really talking about yeah. them and they don't they're not super flashy there's not a lot there but they're just kind of sneakily good and it's also interesting too that McKinney is now starting for them which is great but I didn't know that he was going to be competing directly with Wea for the same role <laughs> I didn't really see that I mean we didn't we didn't foresee that like we talked about like How's Wea going to do? We're he like, was great. dead and buried. Yeah, we were like, he'd be great if he plays. Well, I didn't know he was going to be competing with McKinney. It's also funny, maybe it's just the Italian way that they, I, mean, I don't know how many times they publicly, it's like they had a press conference to just say, McKinney is no longer playing <laughs> plans with our future of the club. Multiple times, and here he is starting again. Right. And, well, there's more and spots well. open now that Pogba is going to be probably banned for at least two years. Yeah, I know. Um, what happened with Pogba? Pogba... Uh, gave an A and a B sample after a match that he didn't even play. His A sample tested positive for a banned testosterone uh, for a banned testosterone uh, variant, I guess. Um, that is, it is legal in the U.S. and prescribed to him by a U.S. doctor, but illegal in Europe. Uh, the test on uh, uh, Ukrainian horses only. Pretty much that. Right. And so they haven't tested the B sample yet. 
for some reason that's been delayed because it's because it's Italy. Let's be honest. Sure. There's probably there's probably some payoffs. Some, some <laughs> oh yeah. Changing the visa samples or something. I don't that's, know. That's standard, <laughs> um, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he's looking at under under the rules a, a two to four year ban. Four four if it's intentional, two if it's kind of unintentional. This looks unintentional, but you know, as a player. Uh, I'm not one of those players, but you know what you're putting in your body, so I think that's kind of a weak argument. But I do feel bad for him. He's had a rough couple of years with the Man, kidnapping and the extortion. I know, and, and he was like maybe my favorite player, maybe debatably the best player in the world, maybe four or five years yeah. ago. Yeah. What what a story. I mean, I feel like we could sit here and talk about two hours just his career path. I mean, yeah. it's, it's he's had a wild like five years. It's ago. made for <laughs> cinema, right? Like you could see, you know. Pogba, you know, up he on hired someone to put a curse yeah. on, on <laughs> I know, people. Like, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's not normal. Wait, 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 what? So, so <laughs> he 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 hired. I, I, I someone's gonna have to Google this. He hired like a witch doctor or like a voodoo priest woman to put a curse on. I, I think a rival in the team that he was competing for the same spot for. I think I think Pogba. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Man, um, someone's gonna have to look that up. We'll do our due diligence elsewhere. I didn't expect to talk about that. Of course, yeah. talk about uh, team chemistry. There you go. Yeah, but he was also he was also the subject of like a, a blackmail kidnapping. Black I saw that extortion. Yeah. Poor guy. I mean, yeah. Only in Italian soccer or football are we talking about witch doctors. I mean, that's just standard. Bribing witch doctors. It's got it all. Uh, so, like, last kind of thing on Serie A. Yeah. Any um, players that um, has really caught your eye that you're excited about? Any kind of fan? Any favorites for you so far? Uh, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about Inter, but uh, Marcus Terman, Teram, um, the striker they bought, basically it's kind of a replacement for Lukaku, I think it's looked really great. Um and, and, and maybe even better than Lukaku, him and Latour Martinez uh, linking up has been amazing. Um, and I think he's a really dangerous player to watch out for. Um, yeah, so that's, that's probably top of my list. Anyone for you? I'm looking at two because it's part of a larger story that I'm watching unfold this year in Syria. It's Kvartskilia and Asiman. Mm-hmm. And I know everyone knows who they are. They're, they're, they're obviously like very talented attacking players. I want to see if they can hit the heights that they hit last year under Spalletti. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... So far under Rudy Garcia, Napoli don't look like they can do it again. And I wonder if it's just the system that Spalletti put in to make them that good, whether they can kick on from that platform remains to be seen. But I'll be watching their their sort of progression this year to see if, you know, uh, De Laurentiis should have sold Osman this summer, which I think he should have. Yeah, yeah. And so interesting, just for those that don't know um, about Napoli's coach, uh, just sort of took a siesta year in the Tuscan. But he went back to his farm. <laughs> yeah. So what? You, so he, explain that a little. Uh, I don't. I don't think he and well, not many people get along with the owner De Laurentiis. I don't think he's a very traditionally like brash Italian owner. He's a little bit cheap um, in that way and doesn't like to spend. Um, and I think Spalletti uh, is also a, a hard-headed guy, and I think he just walked away. And now he's become the head coach of the Italian men's national team. And I believe that there's now some sort of threatened lawsuit over uh, the payment of his contract that he walked away from at Napoli that now uh, De Laurentiis is going after the Italian FA for that money that's allegedly owned because the contract is still valid even though he walked Mm -hmm. away. I don't know. It's a disaster. It's very Italian. It's very fun to watch. Yeah, very cool. Um, Well, cool. Well, great, guys. Um, uh, Zach, do you have anyone in the Serie A, any players that – really caught your eye i mean not really i'd i'd be lying to you if i said i was locked in week in week out um but just does uh does the jovic luka jovic play for for milan does he play at all i don't think so he's on the squad still right 
as far as I know. No, um, no. Like, I, I think in that league, it's funny. So if you don't know where a player is playing, it's definitely going to be uh, Turkey somewhere. If we can't, if we can't enter, <laughs> yeah, Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's yes. a good. That's a good <laughs> rule of thumb. I, I, I just think, and I don't know if this is like league specific, and I don't know if just because money has been pumped in everywhere. I just feel like ten years ago, all these random transfers just didn't happen. You know, um, at least when I first started like really following it. But um, no, not really. I, I mean, Pavard at Inter, I guess, would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I think you guys pretty much covered that pretty well. All right, cool. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, this has been the Cult of Catenaccio with Center Mid Philosopher. We're going to now jump to La Liga Lunatics and talk about uh, the Spanish game. All right, cool. Um, all right, so just jumping right in. Um, what what team do you guys think could contend with Real Madrid or Barcelona? Um, Caleb, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, Realistically, I'm going to say no one, but um, uh, a team that I, I usually like to follow uh, is Atletico Bilbao. They, you know, occasionally give them a run for their money. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've started out pretty well. I think they're 3-1. and one. Um, Anaki Williams, I was surprised to see he's still there. Yeah, how is that happening? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It felt like it was every summer a few years back. He was always rumored to go away. Um, it's, he's still there. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my... My kind of dark horse to maybe give them a run for their money, but so, in the end, I still think it's reality. Like m- mine's not a dark horse, but like I think Atleti could do some damage this year. Mm-hmm. They're either going to finish first or like third or fourth, but it's right. not going to be a second. Like mm-hmm. they'll they'll either win it and they'll do it right. But other than those teams, like the big three, uh, I would like to see Sociedad do well just because yes. they're, they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who follow Arsenal, Kieran Tierney's there on loan. <laughs> That's one of those weird transfers. Yeah, like, how did this Scottish guy end <laughs> it up? It looks weird. But, you know, San Sebastian's beautiful, good food. It's like it's like the Scotland of Spain. The weather's <laughs> kind of cold a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Except the food's good, not, not Scottish food. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think they could do it. I think they, they, they could push, but I don't think they'll get there. I, I think this is th- this is another Madrid year for me. Yeah, maybe Sevilla for me. I don't know. I'm a bit of a long shot, but but uh, maybe I don't know. They got Ramos back, and they just did so well. And but again, I don't think. I'm just saying. I, again, no. Yeah. Is Ramos yeah. back good for Sevilla? I mean, like I don't know about that. That seems a little. They hate him. <laughs> a lot of tattoos, at least. That's something good. Um, Fair enough. But, he's a good looking uh, guy. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. Um, so uh, Jude Bellingham mm. right now, um, just on fire. Um, I'm just curious where would where would you guys put him in the world right now? Where would you rank him, and do you think he could contend for a Ballon d'Or in the next 24 months? I think he's contending for it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's right now. Uh, I think he's probably right now the best player in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right now, like not first career at this point, given what we've seen this season, he's doing it all for Madrid, and he's doing it at a very young age. And he's like a handsome, powerful leader. Locker room loves him. He's 19. And yep. like everyone looks up to him. And he's the one, you know, which is so interesting when the team's looking like they need senior leadership. He's pulling some of these players towards and like, move your ass. Like if you see, mm-hmm. if you see how he is with England, he's yelling at the Hendos, like, move, you got to track back now. It's not like the 1920s. You, like, you got you to cover. Mm-hmm. So he's really emerging as a leader. But then his, his game plays, uh, uh, speaks for itself. I think he's contending right now. Yeah, that's kind of why I asked that question because that's, that's sort of what I feel. Uh, yeah, right at this very moment, he, I don't think anyone's uh, – talk about the best transfer of the year. You know, just because, I mean, given what they paid for him. What, they pay 100 Yeah, it was yeah, basically like – I mean, 
Chelsea throws those <laughs> out Modric. ten at a time. Casado and uh, Modric and Fernandez and a bunch of these guys and the best player in the world right now playing for the best. I mean, I, it's just, I, I marvel at Real Madrid's ability to like they're the anti-Chelsea. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're they're not, they like, they don't, we've talked about this before too, like they just, I mean, they get players here and there, but they don't, they kind of do like one or two really, really, really targeted. Right. Well, they have the mystique behind them too. They're, exactly, they're, everybody they're, wants everyone to. Everyone wants to go there. They're going to get yeah. a Mbappe next year. That team is going to be so rough. Though. Well, right, yeah, no, they are the, I, well, I would, I, let's go even get weirder with it. Where would you say, where would you, Put Real Madrid as a brand globally. I mean, I think they're the. I think they are it's, it. It's them in Barca. They're I number know. one in the world. In, in terms of like football brands, mm. uh, I would say they're one and maybe Bar- Barca, yeah. United, and and Madrid. Yeah, yeah, probably global yeah. recognition of the biggest yeah. brands. Yeah, For I sure. think we're forgetting one team, but that's fine. No, nobody <laughs> likes money laundering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, our sovereign uh, state. Yeah, you know. Um, but no, uh, yeah, I think he's there too. What do you think, Caleb? Uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I think he's there. I mean, when you think of the best players in the world right now, it's him, you know, Mbappe, Holland, and I think he's definitely fighting for the number one spot. Um, like I, I did not expect him to go into Real and just succeed right away. Um, and, and like you said, he is a leader in that locker room, and he's had so many late winning goals for them in, in La Liga. Um, and, I'm, I'm super impressed. And if you'll remember, like, I know you probably don't follow Dortmund to the same sadness that I do, but <laughs> we lost the, the, the Bundesliga title on the last yep. day of the season last year. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't even lose into minds. We shouldn't have lost. But Bellingham didn't play because of a minor knee injury that he's sort of been, like, developing over the back half of the season. He didn't play. The team had no leadership. That's a team with, like, Marco Royce, Julian Brunt, right. senior players, Emre Chan. These players should be able to step up. They didn't. And they fell apart. Yep. And men, he's the, he was the mentality at 18 for a team of a lot of veterans. So right. I, I would, he's worth 200 to me if I could, yeah. if Arsenal could get him. Well, let me add on to your question a little bit. I mean, <clears throat> could he? Uh, you know, we can't project out, but career path. Who has done more at 19 years old? I mean, I'm sure we can figure out some names, but just like projecting, it's not out of the question to say you know he could end up as the best midfielder of all time as long as that trajectory you know keeps going up. You know who he reminds me of. Not totally the same, but he's like kind of Zidane esque. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he could, you know, he he probably likes to play a little bit more forward, you know, but he can play the ten, can play the eight, could play the six, and he just got that something, you know, you're leading grown men that play for Real Madrid at nineteen. That's different. Yeah, you know, well, it's just different. In, he is in the seat. Like, yeah, you, there's nowhere else to go. I mean, that he is there. And um, w- the episode that we did before this, re- talking about what's in a number, and uh, we talked in depth about you know the the how the six has become such a hot thing in the world right now and in my opinion maybe a little overvalued but um and then you know the 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 tens and the eights and the nines and everything and how you never hear anyone talk about the number five and but to me historically number five was a brand and was a real do it all center mid i think of talked about Zidane, I talked Fernando Redondo, and I feel like Bellingham is sort of bringing the five back a little bit. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And um, he he kind of is that, like, yeah, I mean, and to your point, too, yeah, he does have that brand that he's young. Um, he's really polished and professional, 
and like seems like a really good guy. Yeah. So I, he's one I'm just I'm rooting for. I, I mean, if you're a fan of England, imagine Rice and Bellingham in your midfield. Yeah. yeah. Two two basically captain materials for the next ten years. Right? Yeah. We've not longer than that. It's yeah, really cool. Really awesome. The Netherlands have nothing like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so uh, another question is. Um, Barcelona's kind of looking like the, a new generation is here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Who Who's your favorite Barcelona player right now, Caleb? Um, probably Frankie de Jong. I, I think he's kind of revitalized himself a little bit. Um, it was kind of weird, you know. He, he was going to be forced out, it looked like. He was going to go somewhere to the EPL. I think he was rumored Man U, Liverpool, a lot of places. Um, and, and I think it's great that he stuck with it. Um, and I mean, they, they look like a promising team, a lot of talent, as they always do. Um, but yeah, Frankie de Jong's probably my, my guy I'm watching most on that squad. Nice. How about you, Spencer? Well, um, I'm going to give a, a more straightforward answer than that. I think I love Frankie de Jong. I think I'm, I'm enjoying his revitalization under Xavi. I think he's doing great. But like, if you watch Barcelona closely and, and you happen to be fans of goaltenders, Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, I know he's he's... Everyone knows who he is, but he has single-handedly kept them like alive the last two years when they've been figuring out all their financial levers, mm-hmm. taking pay cuts. He's been behind the scenes, the kind of guy that's kind of glued it together. Mm-hmm. But I could name Gavi and Pedri and all these people. I'm not going to do it. I'll let you do that. Yeah. You <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually going to name Lamine Yamal. Oh, there you go. Um, and I know that's, again, kind of a sexy pick, but like 16-year-old starting for um, – I mean, it's just crazy now that my son is almost 11. You're like a kid five years older is starting for – and. Many, uh, not every game, but a lot of games, is, people have said he's the best player on the field. Now, now he's Moroccan or Algerian? He's uh, probably Algerian, Algerian, but he's, he's Spanish, I believe. Well, that's why he got his call up so quickly. Right, right. He didn't get that three cap limit yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, go back yeah. to the other team. Yeah. But he's okay. a really, I mean, I whenever he's on, I try to watch because, and I, I've, it's just been fun to watch him. What about you, Zach? Probably go Gavi. Um, yeah. You know, young midfielder. There's just something about like a young guy in the midfield that's just going to say, F you. I'm going to run through you. I don't care if you're 32. Um, like he plays like a little bit of, little bit of moxie, like a little, little bit of like a chip on his shoulder. As a young, um, you know, central midfielder out in Sunday League, I like to think I do the same thing. Uh, well, speaking but, of Sunday League. Yeah, 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 please. <laughs> there's a guy in Barcelona, and I'm going to get his name wrong. You got to correct me. Uh, Oriel, Ro- Oriel Romeo. Yeah. You seen this guy? He's bald. He looks like a guy who came right out of a bar into Sunday League. Yeah. And uh, I, I, w- I want to see if you can hold up for the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, they got they got so a, they got a ton of guys. Chelsea way back when. Yeah, they got a just ton of guys that you kind of forget about. Um, you could also say, um, oh man, help me out. Played at Chelsea. Was at uh, Felix. Oh, uh, like, Jeff, like, oh, Jeff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's definitely hitting his stride, so yeah. I'd probably throw them two in there. Um, but yeah, gun in my head, I'd probably pick Gabby. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, I mean, just having Lewandowski certainly doesn't hurt, and then Jeff Felix playing great. Gavi, Lamine Yamal, Frankie. I mean, they got they they they're legit. Um, so I mean, yeah, again, who's better, Real Madrid, Barcelona? I guess we'll find out. but yeah. it's going to be tight. Now, whose books are more cooked? That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Cities. I'm, no, I'm going with Barcelona. It's fried. I mean, we could crowdfund our lo- like one of our logos for this podcast under their jersey. I bet. They're, they're that broke. They're they're very broke. <laughs> they're they're broke. very very broke. Um, uh, interestingly enough, too, I've read that uh, Xavi's had like nine different right backs in the last <laughs> year, um, of which poor Sergio yeah. just got drugged through the oh, mud yeah. on that. 
um, and Aruha from, uh, but anyway, that he just, yeah, he's got a fixation, obsession with that position. Well, Dest looked horrible for PSV. He's yeah. Like horrible, just got cooked. Anyway. Yeah, they were dogging on Dest because he put on Instagram, he like put a highlight reel on, and someone was like, dude, you lost 4 0. <laughs> Dial it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, I still blame him though, because back when Ajax had that fire, like 18, 19 third shirt that was blue, looked like snow. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I bought that with Dest on the back, mm-hmm. and then he left. So I got the shirt I can't wear. Nice. It's awful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. It's a um, doormat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, cool. All right, guys. This has been La Liga Lunatics, and I appreciate it. And we're going to jump into the Bundesliga Berserkers here in a minute.